0: Feels good to be back in the saddle again, and I—I uh, uh, I was going to say uh, it was only appropriate, I guess, that the Colts and Cowboys won yesterday. That's a dad joke, okay? Uh, all right, let's. Uh, thank you, Fred. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters. I do not want you to be uninformed. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Father, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. I thank you that that you are here through the Holy Spirit. I pray that you would quicken each one of our hearts, that we would hunger and thirst for your fullness. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may be seated. Uh, this year, we're going to talk about um, how to actually fight our battles. You know, we sang that song earlier, and that song has all kinds of oil all over it. But it need. you know, I was... Uh, several weeks ago, I was listening to it and went, "We need some instruction on this because it 's one thing to sing it's how I fight my battles and uh, you know it 's something else to know how to fight your battles and uh, and so we're really going to deeply delve start delving into that next week, but this week, um, the elders had asked me to uh, to give some instruction regarding the the use of of uh, of the gifts in uh, in the public assembly and and i 'm going to but uh, that's not going to take very long because it's not complicated. Uh, but what I realized as I was doing this is we may have some people who don't even know there are gifts. We may have some people who don't know that the fullness of the Spirit is something that is available to them. And so um, I'm going to be doing a flyover today. It's going to be, you know, this, this could easily be a series, but it's going to be a flyover. So you need to listen quickly and, uh, and, and, and deeply, and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Um, we have seven statements of faith here at, uh, at Springhouse, and they're on the website. If you'd like to read them, and I encourage you to read them. Uh, the fifth one says this. We believe that the Holy Spirit is the agent through which we are brought to faith in Christ. After we come to faith, the Holy Spirit becomes our counselor and comforter in this life we further believe that the fullness of the Holy Spirit, also known as the baptism of the Holy Spirit, is available to believers who ask, bringing with it empowerment and gifts in all generations, just as it did in the book of Acts. Now, there's, there's a series of sermons there, but we're not obviously going to do one of those today. But I want, to, I want to touch two points. And the first one is this. We believe the Holy Spirit is the agent through which we are brought to faith in Christ. You didn't just get up one day, and decide, you know, I, I figured it out. I'm a sinner. You know, I, I, need to, I need to do something about that. And there is righteousness. Jesus said, when he was talking to his disciples, and he said, it's good for you that I go away because I'm going to send the counselor to you. And when he comes, he'll convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. And so when you felt conviction for your sin, it was, the, it was God sicking the Holy Spirit on you, so to speak. Uh, I, I was uh, six years old when I first um, knelt at an altar and said, "Jesus, I give my heart to you." Now, I uh, I haven't been a very good gift giver in terms of giving my life away to God over the last sixty-nine years, or I guess it's sixty-three if I started at six. You know, uh, there have been some times that I've kind of wanted to take that gift back, and there was one period in my life where I I took it back with every everything that i had to be able to to take it back uh, but then uh, in, in my mid-20s i realized uh man i i just i gotta get i gotta get right with god again but you know what it wasn't because I, I figured it out it wasn't because i got up one morning and thought you know i've just been doing wrong i gotta start no i, I, I it was because the holy ghost came along and went boom wake up stupid and and brought me brought me back in you know, and if you belong to Christ, in fact, it says over in Romans chapter 8, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he doesn't belong to Christ. So if you belong to Christ, you have some measure of the Holy Spirit within you. Now, when I say some measure, there's 1% and there's 100%. And we all operate somewhere along that, along that line. Hopefully, we operate more uh, toward this up here. And this is available this is available. The, uh, the, the second thing that we say here is we further believe that the fullness of the Holy Spirit is available to believers who ask, bringing with it the empowerment and 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 the gifts in all generations, just as it did in the Book of Acts. Now, there are some who will say, "Well, you know, all that all that miracles and stuff like that, that all ended uh, when when the apostle last apostle died." Uh, newsflash, the last apostle ain't dead yet. But, but the, uh, the uh, original uh, apostles died and all that. Uh, but there's no biblical backing for that. Uh, and there's no historical backing for it, quite frankly. Um, Now, some people would say that 1 Corinthians uh, 13, 8, and 9, where it talks about when that which is perfect has come, uh, that tongues and prophecy and knowledge will pass away. And so they go, well, so you see that which is perfect is here because it's, it's the New Testament. And obviously, we all agree about everything the New Testament says, and there's no differences in the way that we interpret that. So that's perfect, right? Yeah. No, we don't all agree. Uh, and besides that, if that which is perfect is come, then we've also entered into the phase where we are, we are no longer seeing through a glass darkly, but we know completely, just as we are known. How many of you can explain everything that has happened in your life? How, how, how many of you know fully? Yeah. Well, I'm glad no one raised their hand because I was going to call you out. Uh, you know, because if you know fully, I got some questions. And probably everybody around you has got some questions as well. But if you know fully, your answers would be wrong. (laughs) Anyway, because you're silly enough to think that you know fully. Uh, On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, Peter got up and he quoted the prophet Joel and he said, "This this is what Joel was talking about. In the last days, I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. Your young men are going to have visions. Your old men are going to going to see dreams, and uh, and even on my servants, both both men and women, I'll pour out my spirit in those days," uh, says the Lord. Well, I think the last days aren't over yet, because we're still in days at this point in time. Uh, now, so j- just. This is what we believe, okay? Uh, this is not the gift. The list that we read this morning is not the only list of gifts in the New Testament, but this, uh, this particular list is notable because all these gifts are supernatural. Not, none of these things are something that you, that you learn in school or you get from experience. Or they're, they're all supernatural, and I want to I look at them quickly uh, because that's what we have the time for, but uh, and if you'll listen quickly, it'll do, do you some good, I do believe. Uh, first, I want to talk about our knowledge and wisdom, uh, gift of knowledge, gift of wisdom. I, I, I spent years going, what's the difference? And I feel so silly because the difference is, is very simple. Knowledge is knowing a fact and wisdom is to know what to do or to know what the fact means. Uh, it's just, just that simple. Uh, how many of you know that there are people out there who know a lot of facts, and ain't got walking around sense. Don't, don't particularly have wisdom. And I, I used the word, ain't wasn't that cute. Uh, don't, but don't, don't, have walking, don't, don't have walking around sense. Um, it's not something you learn in school. It's, it's not something you learn from experience. It is supernatural, and it's available for you. Let, let me give you some examples from Scripture. Um, wisdom. Gift of wisdom. Moses was leading the the Israelites out into the wilderness and they were thirsty and everything to drink. Well, what do you do when you don't have anything to drink? I know. I'll go hit that rock with a stick. And water will come pouring out. uh, Enough to give everybody all the water that they need. But that's not how you get water. But when the Holy Spirit gives you a word of wisdom, that's how it happens. See? And that's that's that 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 is what he did. Joshua's battle plan, uh, plan. Plan. It's been a long time, folks. Uh, his battle plan when he when he got to Jericho, you know, oh, we got this big city here and these big walls, and how are we going to attack these people? <gasps> we'll walk around the walls and not say anything for six days. And then, and then on the seventh day we'll walk around seven times and then we'll yell. word of wisdom. You don't learn that in in military school. You don't learn that from experience because it had never happened before. Received a supernatural word of wisdom from, from God. Uh, one more. Peter was talking with some guys and they said, you know, does your master pay the temple tax? And he said, oh, of course he does. Well, he maybe should have talked to Jesus first, but he, he goes and talks to Jesus and uh, and, and it well, actually it doesn't even say anything. And Jesus says, uh, Let me ask you a question, Peter. Uh, the kings of this world, who do they collect tax from? Do they collect it from uh, their kids or from everybody else's kids? See, things hadn't changed much. They collect it from everybody else's kids. Uh, and he said, Yeah, I I know the conversation you had, but here's here's what to do. We don't want to offend them. So go and cast your line in the water and catch a fish. And when it comes out, then take the coin out of its mouth and go and pay the the tax for you and for me. How many of you have ever caught a fish? How many of you have ever taken the coin out of its mouth? Word of wisdom. Word of wisdom. And it's available to you that we get into situations that we don't know what to do. And, it, and, it, and it's difficult. And our initial reaction is, let's figure this out. Let's struggle this out. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes God wants you to struggle for a while. I mean, I'm just, just saying. But there, there are times when the only way out is to go, God, tell me something. I, 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 need, I need some help here. Knowledge, uh, a, a word of knowledge, just a, just a couple of examples there. Daniel, the Old Testament, the king had a dream, and he called all the wise men in, and he said, I want you to interpret this dream for me, I, but I want you to tell me what the dream is so I'll know your interpretation is right. You know, and they went, "Ah, nobody can do that. And he said, well, okay, I'll kill all of you. And Daniel hadn't been in the original meeting, and so when he, when he heard what had come out of it, he said, give me a night. Give me a night, because I know somebody who reveals knowledge. I, I know somebody who, who, who is able to do this, and he did. He prayed. God told him what the dream was and, and, and what it meant. Jesus was talking with a woman at the well, uh, and she was amazed because uh, he—, he she said, I don't have a husband. And he said, you're right. You don't have a husband. You've had five and the guy you're living with now is not your husband. But, so, but you're a truthful woman. And she was like, whoa, you know, this guy just read my mail. He must be a prophet. Well, he got a word of knowledge. That's available to you. It's available to you. Now, it's not available to you so you can dig up dirt on people. That's, that's not what it's there for. But it's available to to you when it's when it's needed. Actually, if you're a parent, you could really use that if you got a teenager or, you know, a or, or even a young young child and those eyes in the back of your head aren't working very well. But uh, okay, so those are those are two things available. distinguishing between spirits is is another thing uh, that is available. Not every spirit is from the Lord. Not every spirit is from the Lord. In fact, 1 John 4.1 says, Dear friends, don't believe every spirit. Test the spirits to see whether they're from God because many false prophets gone out into the world. We are to test the spirits. How do you do that? Well, there is a way in the natural that you can do it. And and you should. And that's through the Word of God. You know, if you if you know the Word of God, and the, what is being said is running contradictory to, to the Word of God, or to the Spirit of the Word of God, then, you know, that's, that is testing the spirits. Uh, knowing God. Barbie uh, talked about that. Well, the last two Sundays have been terrific. I don't, I don't even know why I'm getting back up again. I mean, you know, uh, Mike Freeby brought a great word about preaching the Word last Sunday. And... And then the Sunday before that, Barbie was uh, was was talking about knowing, knowing God, and wow, it, it was like yeah, uh, and you get to know God the same way you get to know anybody else. Spending time with them, that's how you get to know them, uh, and so that's how you can test the spirits. But there's also this gift. There's this gift, uh, the the sermon of spirits. You you know if you you go someplace and you and you see something religious happening and somebody who looks real religious doing some teaching or whatever. And sometimes there's just some, I mean, everything just seems so overwhelming. Oh, this, this must be God. But there's something inside of you that goes, this don't feel right. This don't, this just doesn't feel right. You know, that's the Holy Spirit. Pay attention. It's a gift of the Spirit that, that He comes and that that he brings another another gift is the is the gift of faith, and this isn't your this isn't your walking around garden variety of faith. This is this is a, a supernatural endowment for a particular for a particular season for a particular task. Abraham, uh, one day, God says to him, "I want you to sacrifice your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, the one through whom the promises are supposed to come, the, the one that." The one that I prophesied and that came in by means of miraculous birth to your your wife, Sarah. I want you to take him and kill him. Sacrifice him to me. What? Ne- early the next morning, no questions asked. Up God. You know, I mean Bob Dylan has that song about, you know, where you want this killing done. You know, uh, uh, and, but the truth of the matter is he didn't say anything. He just did it. How do you do that? Gift of faith. Something comes on the, the writer of Hebrews says that Abraham believed that if, if he went through with this, God's able to raise the dead. I, I you know, I, I don't have to worry in being obedient to God. Ooh, good word, Kevin. Yeah. Don't have to worry about being obedient to God. Uh, Gift of faith, I, I know, and uh, I, I, I kind of hate to even, even mention this, but I'm going to because it's, a, it's our life. When Margaret and I went to Zimbabwe in the mid-80s, mid uh, I can look back on it now and I can kind of go, that's crazy. You guys were crazy. You know, we didn't have the support pledged. We didn't have the money to get there without selling our house. We didn't, you know, we were uprooting our little family. You know, we really didn't have any promises once we got there. But I know that the entire time that we were walking through it, there was never a moment that either one of us went, you think it's crazy? We just went because he told us to. And we knew he had told us to. Gift of faith, that, you may think, oh, I could never do that or I could never do that. When the gift of faith is imparted to you, you can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Healing, uh, healing is, is another one of those gifts as I was uh, sharing when I shared on the video about, about um, first announcing the situation with Margaret. All healing is from God. Everybody who's ever been healed was healed by God, whether doctors were involved, whether prayer was involved. God is the healer. He's, he is the healer. He's the only healer. Uh, now, I, I'm not of the camp that believes that everyone is supposed to be miraculously healed every time. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just not. The, the great faith healers of all time are all dead, except for the ones who are going to die. And so, I, you know, I just, I just don't see that. Jesus said to pray this way. When you pray, you ought to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. Yeah, I want a miraculous healing. I want a miraculous touch. But even more than those things, I want God's will to be done because I'm just dumb compared to Him when it comes to knowing what's best. What 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 is best, both for him and 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 for, and for me? Uh, now God heals miraculously. Uh, my mom my mom was healed of gangrene in her foot for crying out. Who gets healed of gangrene? You know, I mean, God touched her miraculously uh, when, when when we were coming back when we were going to come back from Zimbabwe. Uh, a, a, about three months before we were supposed to come back, no four actually. Margaret and I both got hepatitis and the doctor goes, you're not going to be traveling in three months. Yeah. We could have traveled in one month. I mean, we got, we got touched, we got healed. Uh, so God does heal miraculously. And there are testimonies of healing all over this house. I mean, there, there really are people who have received miraculous healings. That's one of the gifts that, that God brings the gift of miracles uh, by de- very definition, a miracle is supernatural. It's something that we, that we don't understand. Not all miracles are from God, but we certainly serve a miracle-working God. There's no, no question about that. Now, I will say one other thing about miracles that uh, actually I'm quoting C.S. Lewis, but uh, boy, did he nail it. You know, people, most everybody wants to see a miracle, They just don't want to be in a position where they need one. But we want to see it. And and God God can do it. Let's do it. Okay, let's get to prophecy. Uh, What is prophecy? Very quickly, prophecy is simply speaking a word from God. Speaking in the place, speaking for God. Hopefully, anytime someone stands here on Sunday morning, that's what they're doing. Is bringing a word from God. Uh, I believe. I believe uh, Kevin brought one today. It doesn't have to be during this part of the service. It can be uh, in, in 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 various any parts. In fact, if you read the Old Testament prophets, they sound suspiciously like sermons. They really do. I mean, they sound a whole lot like somebody's preaching. Uh, and. It's not always predictive. We tend to think of prophecy as being something that, oh, this, this is going to happen. You know, it's not always predictive. Some, sometimes it's, yeah, this is going to happen. Sometimes the word from God is, remember what I did? R- remember what I told you? Remember what happened here? Sometimes it's a reminder of the Ebenezer. Oftentimes it's, let's shine some light on what's going on right now. Let's, let's explain you know, what's, what's happening right now. Uh, there is there's false prophecy. It's one of the primary means, tools used by the enemy to, to deceive us and lead people into destruction. And that's why, that's why we should test the spirits. That's why we're supposed to, supposed to do that. And then tongues and, in, and interpretation of tongues. Um, some say that tongues are a, a sign that a person has the fullness of the spirit. Uh, I, won't, I won't argue with that. Uh, I, I don't. I don't teach that for a couple of reasons. One, I, I don't necessarily see that in Scripture. Two, I've known a lot of people who. Well, I've known a few people, okay, who could speak in tongues, and there was no evidence of any fruit of the Spirit otherwise in their life. And you know, I'm sorry, but if there's no evidence of the fruit of the Spirit, I can't say well the fullness of the Spirit is there. You know, and I've known some other people who had the fruit of the Spirit just. Abundant in their life, and uh, speaking in tongues has never happened. You know, so I I I can't necessarily say this. I will say this: um, uh, seeking the gift of tongues is is a good focal point for seeking the fullness of the Spirit. I know for myself when I when I was when I was younger, and I was going, oh, I want I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want the fullness of the Spirit. That was kind of the focal point. I was kind of okay. This is this is how I'll know, and uh, and one of the things that I discovered is that the, one of the last things we're going to surrender is this. You know, we'll surrender everything else, but not this, not the tongue. And, and so once we do surrender the tongue, I mean, the first time you speak in tongues, if you, if you speak in tongues, the first time you speak in tongues, you're going to feel like an idiot. Because you are. But he's not. He's not. It's that, it's that simple. Everyone can have this gift, and it's quite useful. It's, it's primarily useful for private prayer, private, private devotion. Romans 8 says that sometimes we don't know what to pray. We don't know what we should be praying and, and how we should pray, but the Holy Spirit comes and He helps us in, a, in our weakness. That doesn't necessarily have to be tongues, but I, I promise you, you know, when I'm, oftentimes, a lot of the praying in tongues that I'll do will be in situations where I don't know, I, you know, God, I don't know. I just know I need to talk to you. I just know I need to, I need to bring this to you. And, and Paul confirms this, this private use of tongues because over in 1 Corinthians 14, he says, I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you. But in the church, I'd rather speak five words in my own language than 10,000 words in a tongue. Well, when's he doing all this tongue talking? It's in His private devotion and, and in His private prayer. Now, uh, there, is, there, there is a legitimate place and use and time for speaking in tongues and bringing an in interpretation in tongues in a church service. There is a legitimate uh, uh, use in Scripture for, for a, a prophetic word going forth in a service. The basic rule is this. It's very simple. 1 Corinthians fourteen forty. Everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. Now that is a that is a uh, that's a very subjective um, sentence, and uh, and it varies regarding the setting. I mean, somebody's fitting and orderly, maybe somebody else is wild and crazy. Yeah, it just might be. But we, we and we do need to acknowledge the situation that Paul. Uh, was speaking about in 1 Corinthians 14 was not likely uh, the typical Sunday morning gathering that we have because he says everybody should bring a, 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 a hymn or a word of instruction or a, a revelation or tongue or interpretation. And if you got a few hundred people in the room, much less those situations where they have a few thousand people in the room, you know, just that that obviously can't be done. Still, everybody should come prepared you know, when when you come, it's not like oh, I want to go to church to get something. How about getting something on the way and bringing it with you? Some, something in your spirit, something something in your heart. It will revolutionize a church service for you if you if you will if you will do that. Whether you actually say anything or not, it will it will revolutionize things. Um, but if there is a prophecy uh, our or, or tongues in a service, here are the. Uh, here are the rules. And, and there's there's three. It's very simple. One, if a tongue is used, then there must be an interpretation. And it's okay for the person uh, bringing the tongue to also interpret. Now, it's not if somebody gets up and brings a message in tongues and there's no interpretation, it's not like, ooh, they did wrong. No. They didn't do wrong. If they do it again, since there's nobody there to interpret, then then we've kind of stepped into wrong territory, but Paul says, you know, if there's no one there to interpret, then let them just, you know, talk to the Lord. That's, that's what they need to do. Uh, but then he also says that if uh, if a person brings a message in tongues, they should pray uh, that they may also interpret. That doesn't mean they have to do the interpretation, but they should pray to be able to do that. Secondly, only two or three should speak uh, a prophecy or tongues, and others should weigh carefully what was said. Uh, weigh carefully what's said. If a, if, a, if a message goes forth, whether it is me or Barbie or, or, or Kevin or Mike or somebody on a Sunday morning standing up here bringing a teaching or whether it's a spontaneous word that comes, you should weigh it carefully. I mean, if God is talking, you ought to be thinking about it and listening. If he's not talking, well, let's be quiet. One of the two is what's going on. And then thirdly, the spirit of the prophet is under the control of the prophet. And, and here is what that basically means is well, well, two things. One of the things it means is if you have to do it, if, if you're just forced and you can't keep it, that ain't God. That's not God. That's not how God operates. There is another spiritual entity that operates that way and forces us to do things. But God doesn't. Paul says, the spirit of the prophet's under the control of the prophet. They can bring it or not bring it. Now here's, you know, we don't, uh, at here at SWAC, we don't, we don't forbid spontaneous utterances. And, you know, I, I, I'm not saying that we should. But, uh, but we do ask, because it can be done this way, that if you feel like you have a word from the Lord, find an elder. Go to an elder, go, go to one of the pastors and go, I think I've got something for the congregation today. I, I really feel like I, I've got something that, that needs to be said. And that elder or, or, or that pastor will go, okay, well, what, what, what do you think? What, what's God telling you? And then, you know, they go, yeah, it sounds right. Then they'll come to me or whoever is, is running the service and go, this, this brother, this sister has a word for the congregation. And we'll we'll make time. We'll we'll find a we'll find a place. We'll we'll, and that way everybody can hear it. Everybody can consider it, and everybody can know this is, yeah, this is this is this is something from the Lord. Uh, so once again, I mean that that's a protocol we'd like to use. Uh, we're not forbidding spontaneous utterances, but if we can, we, we'd like. In my sense, that that is fittingly and in order. That that's what it would be in a group in a group this size. Uh, now, one other thing: these gifts are available for every believer. Uh, the, the gifts are available; they're useful in fighting your battles in a godly way. And if and some of you didn't even know these things existed, and others of you had heard rumors about them, but went, uh, you know, that that's that's. That's for somebody else up there. No, it's for you. It's for you. And if you'd like, if you have questions, any of the elders, any of the pastors, in fact, probably half the people sitting around you, you yeah. know, would would love to talk with you about it. Would love to pray with you about it. Would love to would love to answer your questions, uh, so that you can go deeper in the Lord. So you can have more more of the Holy Spirit so that He can begin to function in your life in a fullness that perhaps you haven't experienced thus far. Let me tell you, it's good. It's good. It's better than just standing in the foyer. It's it's much better.